Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, just uh, did the best, I think, uh, Memorial Day thing here that I had seen. Great. And, uh, yeah.
you don't do something with bullets, whether it's a bully country or a bully person, we have to stand. They just need to know that there's somebody that's for the right, and there's a verse of scripture in Psalm 33, 12. It says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will bless your word as it goes forth. I pray that I'll say the things that need to be said, that I'll be true to the word of God. And if there's anyone here that has never come to the place in their lives to receive Jesus as their Savior, I pray that this will be the day that they'll be motivated to seek you with all of their heart. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, if you, I suppose if you think about what the Word says, that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And if we were thinking about our nation, and back in the beginning, uh, the way that things took place, uh, the pilgrims that came were looking for a place that they could worship God according to the scriptures and the way that they believed. And they were, those that came over on the Mayflower were known as separatists. And they were looking for a place where they could practice their faith. That was important to them. This was an unknown wilderness, this country. But halfway across the Atlantic, the Mayflower and, and her crew uh, faced a disaster when one of the main beams in the ship broke and someone had to turn back and the captain of the ship said, no, we, it's strong underneath, we need to go on. So they repaired things, made that uh, repair and committed themselves to the will of God and resolved to proceed. And God is all over everything about the beginning of our country. When they came inside of Cape Cod in 1620, the pilgrims, they looked at the shoreline and they saw the trees and the forest right up to the sea. And they backed off a little ways and they began to agree together how they were going to live in this land. And it's interesting that this Mayflower Compact that it was resolved, it was there to keep law and order among themselves in the wilderness where there was no law. And uh, they, this historic agreement, it laid the foundation of law and order, and it established the first civil body politic in America. And at the heart of this compact lay an undisputed uh, decision that God must be the center of all law and order. Amen. God must be. And without a moral base, it's really no law at all. This, as we think about the compact, it agreed with what would be, what would come later, that all law would rest not upon a monarchy, but upon the consent of the government. But folks, Christians ought to vote. Amen. That's the reason that this 
thing was established just like this. And uh, Daniel Webster said that our ancestors established their system of government on morality and religious sentiment. Moral habits, he said, they believe cannot safely be trusted on any other foundation than religious principle nor any government be secure which is not supported by moral habits. You can't live in a way that is against Almighty God and against the Word of God. And I want to tell you today, as respectfully as I can, that we are losing the battle in America. And did you know that there are 800 and something Southern Baptist churches that close their doors every year? You say, surely not. There's a lot of churches, church starts, new churches that are starting. But we see have seen a decline and the power of the enemy rise up. And you know, challenge everything. Just the other day that uh, someone, one of these group, atheist groups challenged the little Bible study thing for kids after school that took place after school hours. And we're challenged like this every way. We, we need to understand that the enemy is real. And there's demonic power that is at work, especially in the lives of the unsaved, the atheists, the unbelievers. But we can look back you say, well, now, you know, you can't expect uh, people to honor God. Why not? As you look at the colonies and some of their, their charters and everything, for instance, Rhode, Rhode Island said in 1683, we submit our persons, lives, and estates unto our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and to all those perfect and absolute laws of his given in his holy word. That's what they said. In other words, America is about God. And we don't need to apologize for how we feel about God and the Declaration of Independence. says we declare our independence of other nations and refuse to let them rule us. But notice in that declaration there was a dependence on God. It says with a firm reliance of the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Those 56 courageous men that signed that document understood that this was not just high-sounding rhetoric. It was not just to say, I agree with that. They knew that if they succeeded, the best they could expect would be years of hardship in a struggling nation. If they lost, they knew that they faced a hangman's noose as traitors when Britain would get through with them. Of these 56, Five were captured with British and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes from Rhode Island to Charleston, sacked, looted, uh, occupied by the enemy, or burned. Two lost their sons in the army. One had two sons, one of the signers had two sons that were captured. Nine of the 56 that signed the Declaration of Independence died in the war from the hardships or from its bullets. And these were not just poor men or 
pirates, but they were men of means, rich men, most of them that enjoyed much success and luxury in their lives. They were not hungry men, but prosperous, wealthy landowners and substantially secure in their prosperity. But they considered liberty more important than their security. They pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor, their word. And the price was paid for freedom, and freedom is not free. But in the summer of 1787, when the representatives met in Philadelphia to write the Constitution of the United States, after they struggled for several weeks, they'd made little or no progress. Sounds just like Washington, doesn't it? But 81-year-old Benjamin Franklin rose and addressed the trouble and disagreeing convention that was about to adjourn in confusion. And this is what Ben Franklin said. He said, in the beginning of the contest with Britain, when we were sensitive of danger, we had daily prayers in this room for divine protection. Our prayers, sir, were heard and they were graciously answered. All of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of a great superintending providence in our favor. Have we now forgotten our powerful friend? Or do we imagine that we no longer need his assistance? He said, I've lived a long time. The longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see in the truth that God governs in the affairs of man. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We've been assured in the sacred writings that except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that, in vain that build it. I firmly believe this. So this is what he says. I therefore beg leave to move henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessing on our deliberation be held in this assembly every morning. And He's, it's just amazing that Ben Franklin said, we can't move beyond this without the help of God. Amen? Amen. Our founding fathers, they could not account for the victories over England except for the power of God. You know, we, we need to think about whom we honor. And it was Ezra Stiles, who was president of Yale, University that he was uh, addressing the assembly of Connecticut, and he talked about the events that were connected with the victories. He talked about time and time again that suddenly these things that seemed to be against them that turned into victories. And uh, he said, in our lowest and most dangerous state in 1776, 77. We sustained ourselves against the British Army of 60,000 troops commanded by the ablest generals that Britain could procure throughout Europe. Britain had a Navy force of 22,000 
22,000 seamen. But the ruler of winds, who but the ruler of winds could have delayed the British reinforcement for three months. When you think about these that Britain was sending over here to take, take care of these who had left their country to establish freedom of religion, they couldn't get here because of the winds. Who controls the winds? Now, the British reinforcements for three months couldn't get here to help their soldiers that they had sent. And uh, they would have done much harm against the troops of the United States. Even Benedict Arnold was ready to deliver the American army, including General Washington, into the hands of the enemy. But by the providence of God, that was overcome. And this phrase, in God we trust, appears opposite the president of the Senate who's also the vice president of the United States. The same words inscribed in the marble backdrop of the Speaker of the House of Representatives. But the Supreme Court, above the head of the Chief Justice of the Ten Commandments, and the crier opens and closes each session with the words, God save the United States and the Honorable Court. We can be thankful as Franklin Graham said, that the Supreme Court may have been saved by the appointment that was made by President Trump. I don't know how you feel about the President, but you're duty-bound to pray for him. Amen? Amen. And, uh, but here's, we look at these uh, uh, memorials, things etched in stone, one of our school teachers uh, at church recently uh, came back from uh, a trip to Washington, D.C. And uh, her husband said to me, Kenny Reed said, uh, no, it said that she visited all these places and began to read about God at work in the affairs of these United States. Melanie said she just wept and wept as she read these things. I didn't realize that God was so involved in our country. And, uh, you know, when this, we think of this president of the Yale said, I, he said, when I think about our country, the liberties and the gift of God, he said, I tremble. For my country, when I reflect that God is just and His justice cannot sleep forever. You think about that? We're saying that chickens come home to roost, do they? Y'all ever had chickens? You know, you know what lays the eggs? They're not manufactured. <laughs> I know that's a shock. <laughs> The Lincoln Memorial says that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom. And the government of the people, by the people, for the people shall not perish in the About 1.1 million have died in service to our country. 
and Lincoln. About half of these are numbered with the Civil War. That's something I've never understood. It grieves me to know that there was not, not enough wisdom to do something besides families fighting against one another. And by the way, before that war started, there, there was a great revival that took place back in the 50s. And I noticed the church here was started in 1851, I believe. That would have been before the Civil War. But uh, when we think of this Memorial Day, uh, and we honor those who've given their lives in service to our country, I think our president understands that the only thing any country understands is power. Power. <coughs> any of you ever go to elementary school? Any of you? <laughs> Did you meet the bully that was in your class? Every class has a bully, don't they? You remember the guy, the girl that bullied you? You know, you know the way you stop bullying? You stand up to it. I, know, I remember our son was in the first grade, and uh, he got up and said, uh, I don't want to go back to school. What's the trouble, Steve? Well, there's this boy, and he hits me. I said, how big is he? He's about my size. <laughs> I said, well, you don't have to say a word to him. I said, the next time he hits you, I said, you doubled up your fist and hit him in the stomach just as hard as you can. Joyce overheard this and she said, What are you teaching our son? I said, I'm teaching him how to get along in life. <laughs> well, I didn't hear any more about it. But then a few days I said, Steve, what about that boy? Is he still bullying? He said, no, I said, uh, We're friends now. I said, How long do you get to be friends with he said, I hit him just like you said to hit him. <laughs> See, that's what the world understands. Is it's not enough to draw a line in the sand and say, you go past this and you'll answer this. I mean, we need to be there. And I believe that we just need to pray for the president to get wisdom. Our vice president, who is a Christian, and we pray that uh, President Trump has had an experience with the Lord. Sometimes he has. And uh, our world has enough bullies to go around where they're named ISIS or extreme Islamics or whatever. Uh, we need to stand against them. And whether it's North Korea, Iran, Syria, all these, that uh, we need to stand for the right thing. And the United States has been there. And righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. And uh, we need to you know, in some of the trouble today because 
the, the trouble that we're in today in our country is uh, decisions that are wrong that have been made. And it's important that we elect people who are responsible. For instance, I think I'll say this, and I don't mean to offend anybody. I think our president did right in the person that he appointed to the Supreme Court of Christian. And uh, we, when we think of this and uh, see the shape that we're in, the people who sit there and make our laws, you know, if, if you were going to raise cattle, you wouldn't go buy two bulls. But people who are fool enough to believe that people of the same sex should be married, they just don't have a good understanding of life itself. My daughter works in Nashville. I'll tell you who she works with. She works with a big company. And like on the bathroom issue. Who in the world? I mean, we are, these intellectuals are crazy in deciding what needs to be done. And she said they took a picture of a woman and a picture of a man and cut them in two and put them together, half and half. And I reckon that's what the world thinks that we, what kind of people we have. And you know, it's, uh, I don't mean to be offensive, but I do mean to be right. Amen. Amen. It's okay to tell the truth, isn't it? Oh, yeah. God made Adam and Eve, and He told them to be fruitful, multiply. And uh, we just thank God that uh, God knew what He was doing when He created Adam and Eve. Amen. Amen. We need not get so smart and intelligent that we think that the, what God did was bad. <laughs> and we should know that as Christians, we're called upon to be an example to the rest of the world. And if you want a better world, then you need to start doing better. Amen. And it starts with Christians. If we don't get it right, we're not an example to the rest of the world. And Jesus said, if a man comes after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We need to understand that if you're without Jesus, that you're lost. And there's a, an eternity for all of us that we're made in the image of God. And there is an eternalness about the man that God made and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul and one day we're going to die and spend an eternity either in heaven or hell. That's right. No getting around it. And uh, you know the scripture says I, I knew when I was 
about 14 years old that there was something wrong with me, but I didn't know what it was. And uh, I quit going to a society-directed uh, church to a country church. I rode the church bus, and when I went out to the country church, and the preacher opened the Bible, and he opened it to Romans 3.23, which said, All of sin come short of the glory of God. Amen. That means every last one of us are sinners Amen. that need to be saved by Almighty God. You say, Amen. well, I've lived a good life. I've paid my bill. It doesn't matter what you've done. It's what Jesus has done for us. Amen. And I want to challenge you today. Do you know for certain that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and that you will go to heaven when you die? Now, you know, we can die in the car on the highway. Or we can die just living in the house where we live. Where we live, where we try to have everything as safe as it can be. We're going to leave this world one day or after a while. And, you know, two years ago, uh, I had an uncle, Jim Lovell. And he was in the uh, nursing home down around Kennesaw. And uh, he was lost. And one of the best men I've ever known, but he'd never done business with Jesus. And I, he just refused to listen to anything about God. But you know, God would not let me stop doing what I was doing until I went down to talk to him about his life. 92 years old. In that battle with Iwo Jima trained with the Marines in California. He was in the Army. And he said you could walk on the land and not put your foot on the sand. So many dead soldiers. And I prayed and prayed and I, I told my wife, I said, I'm going down to see Jim. I said, I've just got to come talk to him. I went down there and I went in and he was sitting in the there where they have the television thing. He saw me come in. He said, hey, Bill. And I spoke to him. I sat down just a minute. He was asleep. And while he slept, I prayed. And I said, dear Lord, I don't know exactly how to start this, but I've just got to know that Jim gets saved and uh, you just tell me what to say. So in a little bit, he woke up. I spent about 30 minutes. I said, uh, you, I called my grandparents, just what he called them, Mama and Papa. I said, did Mama and Papa take you to Sunday school when you were small? Yeah. yeah. I said, I guess you heard the story of Jesus, how he died on the cross for all of our sins. And he said, yeah, yeah. He said, that, I can't live like this. I can't live like this. And I said to him, would you like to know for certain that you're going to heaven and that your sins are forgiven? And you, he said, yes. Praise God. This is four Baptist preachers went down there to see him one time, and he wouldn't even turn around and look at him. Not there, but in his cabinet shop, he cabinet. <coughs> I said, 
Do you believe Jesus died on the cross for everybody's sin? He said, yeah. I said, well, I'm afraid. And I said, if you want Jesus to come into your heart to save you, will you ask him while I'm praying? He said, yes. Praise God. I, I prayed, and I prayed he'd have a good understanding of what it meant to be saved and know for certain that he's going to heaven. And so when I got to church, I said, did you ask Jesus to come into your life? He said, yes. I said, you know where you're going now? He said, yes. Well, praise God. There's not a lot of 92-year-olds that are getting saved. But I'm going to tell you, you can't get too old for God to save you. And I need to give you encouragement this morning. If you're not saved, you can be. And I want to just ask you to consider that today. And, uh, you know, we, we're just about to run out of time, but we need to understand that it's important that we know where we're going and that we do something about it and that people know that we tell other people what's going on, that we're saved, and I want to challenge you today, uh, Brother David, I, I never said a word about you, Angie, but they're the finest people I know, know their families, and uh, so glad he's, he's a good preacher. I paid him to come up here to preach, sorry a preacher as I am, a good preacher as he is, it just, uh, but he was kind enough to ask me something, and I want to ask you today. Let's just bow our heads together right now. Is there anyone here with every head bowed, every eye closed, and is there one here that would say, I'm not saved, but I would like to be. Would you pray for me? Is there anyone that just slip up their hand and say, pray for me? Nobody will come back to you or say anything to you. Could it be good if you talk with the pastor? Anybody here needs to be saved. Know you're going to heaven. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the privilege of being part of these United States of America. I thank you for all these that have served in the armed services and that are here today uh, to help honor these that have gone on and for their service. Bless this church with the riches of your blessings, Lord. I just pray that they'll have a good time fellowshipping together. And I pray there'll be somebody saved, even though they didn't indicate that. But I pray that they'll go away knowing that the Bible says that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord will be saved there in Romans 10, 13. And I pray this in Jesus' name.
know this is the same thing that he said with for each individual this morning. <coughs> this this morning, if you'd like to pray this morning, if you need someone to pray with you, uh, we would love to do anything we can uh, to help you. I'm going to have a closing prayer, and then right after this, what we're going to do is we're going to um, place the wreath that's here. Uh, we'll carry it back to the uh, house of the monument and place that in honor of, uh, of the veterans and those who uh, went on before. it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.